Hello everyone, Ryan Bailey here and you're very welcome to episode number 23 of the Ball Talk podcast brought to you by our sponsor, Adapt Athletic Performance and Therapy. If you head over to Instagram and give them a follow, search at adapt underscore clinic. Hit that follow button, it'd be greatly appreciated. In this week's podcast, I'm joined by English comedian Nathan Caton. In this podcast, we chat about gigging at the at the Apollo, at Live at the Apollo, um, different hecklers that he comes across at his gigs, and the brilliance of comedy clubs as well. I really hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's get straight into it. The, com- the comedy stuff. When did you first get into comedy? Um, I first got into comedy... First, my, okay, my first actual gig was 14. Um, I did a talent show at, um, at the church. I, I go to, well, I, I grew up in. Um, someone dared me to get on stage and do some stand-up. Uh, so I wrote like a five-minute set. Um, I kept it clean, obviously, because it, <laughs> it was in the church. Yeah. <laughs> what up, motherfuckers? <laughs> Boy, it's going to hell. Um <laughs> Yeah, the, the five minutes of material on based on people in the church, um, and yeah, that that was my first gig. Yeah, that's my first little taste. But it was enough because I came off stage. Even though I was only fourteen, I came off stage like, oh, that was good. Because they were all laughing and stuff. I was like, <clears throat> I like the feeling. I like that buzz, man. So I was like, you know what? This this is something that I want to do again some, at some point in my life. But it didn't happen again for like another five years. Um, yeah, I was nineteen. Uh, did my first year of university. I just wanted something to do during the summer holidays. I thought, I'll just do comedy, man. You know, I got nothing, nothing else to do. You know, I didn't have a, a job at the time because I was in, was like in between like university years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought just just go, just give it a go, go on stage and see what happens. Um, went on stage, died on my ass. Uh, it was awful. I was so bad. Um, <laughs> but I felt comfortable on stage, so I just carried on going back until I started like getting laughs and eventually gave me money. Yeah, so confidence was never a problem, was it? Um, no. Well, not well, at least not what the audience thought. I mean, I might have been nervous, but the audience never saw that because I, I, I'm, I'm a good actor. I can act. Right. Right? <laughs> so on the outside, even like now, like 15 years in, like I can, I can on, on the outside, I look like I know what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, cool, yeah. But in the inside, I'm like, oh shit, okay, next joke, what's next joke? Quick, yeah. Laughing, um, but yeah, as long as just, just look at, look confident on the outside, you sell it, it's fine. And the comedy clubs, I was um, there's a guy that I was he was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Tom O'Mahony is his name. He's mm. an Irish comedian, and he was saying the comedy clubs are like they're the place. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't. I mean, I'm not knocking like theaters and tour shows and TV and all that stuff. Those things are great, um, but I mean, me personally. I've done TV stuff, I've done radio stuff, performing in theatres, but the clubs is that's that's your bread and butter, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, yeah. You don't get those other things about going through the clubs first. You know? Gotcha. Um yeah, you gotta work your way up in that. Yeah, it's being in a in a in a small, cramped comedy club doesn't sound very good now given the whole coronavirus, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> post coronavirus and before coronavirus, yeah, small, cramped comedy club. Everyone packed together, you know, low ceiling mm. stuff, and just that that roar that when, when you get when a joke hits, yeah, yeah, that, that, that reaction that you get from a crowd, it's just yeah, man, like that that live uh, live is um yeah, it's something to behold, man. Yeah. So what about then, like when you be recording for TV and stuff? Would there be mm. would it still be just live and they'll edit around it, or is there any parts where they'll just stop? I'd say like 
maybe panel shows say, if you do stuff like that? Um, it kind of changes. Like, I mean, like, some like Mock the Week, for example, like, there's an audience there. Mm. Um, but with, with like TV stuff, they can always edit things. So, like, if you say a joke and it doesn't hit or don't say it differently, they can just stop, redo, cut and paste, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas it's different in, in the comedy club, wherever it happens, happens. It's there yeah, and yeah. then. There's no stop, let's edit. There's like, no, no, no. If you said that shit, you said that shit. You got to own it now. Yeah. Um, As you said, you know, it's your bread and butter, like. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 the, yeah. it's the basis, it's the core of being a comedian, comedy clubs. Mm. And I assume that uh, I assume that there's no like canned laughter or anything like that. Or like, is there like someone there with a card like against the audience, like laugh now, <laughs> like applaud now? <laughs> not not in my gigs. Uh, <laughs> it would be helpful. Um, but no, no, no. It's, there's, yeah, there's no there's no cue. It's all just comedian, a microphone, the audience. No comedian does his thing, and then the audience they will they will let you know. <laughs> if you're yeah. Fine or not. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and was there any point um, where you just went, like you know, you're saying with the comedy club and that, and of course you're you're working then with comedians that are, let's say, when you're starting out, you're probably working with comedians that are starting out as well. Was there any point where you got to work with people, whether they that be on like Live with the Apollo, Mock the Week, um, that you were like, "Geez, I've made it here." Was there any like any time where you like looked over, you're like, "Geez, that's such and such a fella." Or, um, I would say, hmm. okay, there's been a few. Um, I guess the first time is um, it wasn't because I there was anyone famous. It's just because uh, I I started so young, mm. and I didn't feel like I belonged yet because I thought like, I'm just a kid. And the first time I thought that was um, I did um a new act competition. I was in the semi-finals. It was in, in my semi-final. I think there was like ten comedians, so me and nine others. I was the youngest there by far. I was only about nineteen at the time, maybe more twenty. Everyone else is like, you know, thirty and up. Yeah. And I thought, no, they're not going to listen to me. I'm, I'm just a kid. What, what, what am I going to say that's going to relate to them? Hmm. And I did my thing, and uh, I won my semi-final, and I got through to the final. And that's so I was like, oh, okay, so maybe, maybe I do belong. In this comedy game, yeah, yeah. Until then, until then, I just thought, I mean, yeah, I'm just a hobby, just a hobby. You know, I'm just a little kid you know, blagging it and chanting it, seeing what's gonna happen. But I got mm-hmm. to the final. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, other times when I thought I made it was, um, well, not made it, but <clears throat> when I felt like, okay, <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> I've been at that myself all day. It's not COVID, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> yeah. Um, other times when I felt like not made it, but I feel like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on the right track here. Yeah. Um, probably the first time I did live at the Apollo. Okay. Um, because you know when you're a comedian starting up, like, well, when I started, live at the Apollo was the show. Like, if you got on that show, it was like, okay, yeah, you're you're, you're doing something, you know. To turn around and say, yeah, I've been on live at the Apollo because I grew up and. All the big names were in love with the Apollo. You were in love with the Apollo, you became a big name. Yeah. Um, so when I first did it, I was like, I mean, to get it, firstly, it was like, cool. Um, but then when I did it on the night, they put me to close the show. I thought I'd be opening because the actual, the actual um, um, 
as well. They were, I would say, more more experienced and you know higher up on on the comedy ladder. So I thought, yeah. oh, okay, I'm I'm going to be opening, but they put me to close. And the fact that they had that trust in me, I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, I'm 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 doing all right here. You know, like yeah. I could look at my mom, I could look at my mom and say, yo, mom, yeah. <laughs> Remember those years when you thought I was wasn't gonna make it? I was gonna be shit. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, um, who? So yeah, think, yeah, go on. I was thinking, well, that, that would be um, <clears throat> I think that that'd be the one time when I, I felt like, you said, not that I made it, but that I was um, I was doing something right. Because I remember after, my mum, my brother, and my girlfriend came down to watch me when I did the Apollo, and afterwards we were in the in the green room hanging out. And my brother, who's very laid back, he, you know, he's, he doesn't mean that out emotion or anything. He was like, yo, bro, that was funny. I was like, I was like, and for him to say that, normally he'd just be like, yeah, it's cool. But for him to yeah. be like, yo, that was funny. I was like, all right, all right. I've done something well. Cool. Yeah, because that's just it. Because people think someone who maybe you, you didn't know giving you a compliment, you're like, geez, that's, you know, it's nice to hear a compliment for them. But then someone that you've been living with and growing up with your whole life, for them to give you a compliment means a lot more. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like I, I finally broke him. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So who was on? Who was on that first show at the at the Apollo that you did? Oh man. Okay. Um, the first time the Apollo, Sarah Pasco. Um, I thought who I, I think I thought she was in the headline. Um, <clears throat> Sarah Pasco. Um, who hope? Oh, John Richardson hosted the episode I did. Brilliant. And then they filmed another episode that night as well. And it was, um, oh man, I think it was Jason Manford, Doc Brown, and one other. I can't remember, I can't remember who else it was. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't expect to be like closing the night. And they, they let me close it and they put their trust in me, which I, yeah. I, I'll be forever grateful for because I didn't have to do that. But the fact that they, they thought I could do it, I was like, all right, cool. And do you. You don't, do you find there's a bit of an added pressure in comparison? I know like the crowd size are different in comparison like from Live the Apollo to the comedy clubs, but do you mm. feel a bit more pressure with camera or do you, is it just something else that's in the background? <clears throat> um, I mean, in reality, you should just, it's just another gig, but it's not because for me, it's like it's, it's Live the Apollo, you know. Yeah. I've grown up watching this show. This is probably like the biggest show for a comedian in the UK. Yeah. So for me, I, I, I personally did feel like added pressure. And also because like for like the month leading up to that recording, I was practicing and honing my set, doing my 20 minutes, the same 20 minutes over and over and over. Make sure I got it every single laugh, pinch perfect. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of put that pressure on myself. Um, and also my, my agent was whispering in my ear, make sure you do well, yeah. That's just like, <laughs> her way of saying, don't fuck this up, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of put a push on myself. And um, yeah, it's just, you, you get there and you see the camera and, and thousands of people in, in the in the Apollo and it's like, oh, okay, all right, mate. Oh, no turning back now. you got to do it. Yeah. you got to do it. Staffed. Was there any, was there ever a stage, I know I'm just firing questions at you now, but um, was there ever a stage where you'd hear some comedians saying where it might go awkward on stage or you tell a joke and the audience audience don't get it or you forget like the punchline for a joke. Did it ever happen to you where you like got a joke wrong or something like that? 
Um, there's only been times when I've like tried out stuff and it hasn't worked. Um, <laughs> but I mean, <clears throat> every comedian has that. I mean, it's part part of the part of the game, really. Trying out new material, seeing out what works. You know, you have to you have to fail in order to succeed. Yeah, when, exactly. Yeah, when you're trying out stuff. Um, in terms of not forgetting material, um, hmm, have I even not forgot material? I mean, there's been times when maybe I've got distracted and gone off on tangents. Actually, no, there has been times when I forgot material, but luckily for me, it was it was at the point of my career where I've got enough material now so that if I forget something, I can I can quickly just go on to something yeah, yeah. else and find something else to talk about. Whereas if it, if it happened in my younger days, I would have just like been like, oh, what do I talk about now? <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. <clears throat> that didn't work, or I forgot what, whatever it was. Then yeah, I'll just go on and talk about something else, and just yeah. kind of make it seem like it's a seamless transition. Is there any is there any go to ones that like that you have that you know just there? That's the icebreaker. That's the one that's going to get them to start laughing. Um. Mm. See, my my material changes a lot because I tend to write quite a bit to keep up with the times and stuff, right? Um, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, at the moment, if I had to, like, if I had to, like, some go-to material, which I know is a safe banker, it would probably be stuff about living with my girlfriend because that's happened like, in the last six months or so. Mm. So if I could, I'd just start bitching and complaining about <laughs> what it's like living with my girlfriend. And that normally kind of that gets people on board because it's it's something that's it's universal it's relatable everyone yeah, yeah. in a relationship or been in a relationship you know and they kind of they 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 get it yeah so it's something that kind of like brings in everyone and then once i've got everyone on board then i can go off and start to to other things that i i want to talk about which other people might not want to hear but it's like well you're on board now so buckle up yeah exactly the thing with comedy as well um you, we've seen it with a lot of um, TV shows, TV series, sitcoms and stuff, uh, whether they be in Ireland or England or America or whatever. There's a lot of um, episodes and even there's petitions to get full shows cancelled due to thing, certain you know, character portrayals and episode dialogue, stuff like that. What's your take on all that? Because I, I know there's some comedians that are kind of like, you know, I'm not changing my, my material because it's got me to where I am. Like, what's your take on it? Do you feel like Comedy has to change. Um, I think most people uh, have the common sense to read a room. You know what I mean? That's mm. that's one of our things that we have to do. We have to be able to to read the room to, yeah. to know. I mean, obviously, it's our job to kind of push boundaries, but yeah. you should be able to judge it and, and work out whether you can whether those boundaries are there to be pushed mm. at that particular time. Um, Obviously, as things evolve, there are you know you, you things that you you have to be more careful about saying if you are going to say it. I mean, I'm, personally, I think you could talk about anything, but it has to be funny enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I said you have to be able to if you can judge the room and know that they'll go for it and they're on board, then fine. But I mean, you get some comedians who they'll say something outlandish and crazy, and there's there's no joke. You just it's like you're just gone for the shock value as opposed to been funny you know that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to be a comedian just be, just be funny 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's actually something that we discussed a few weeks ago on the podcast. It was, it, it's that less than 0.5% of people that will not, they may not even find that they're offended, but they will find something that they can pick at that is offensive. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I know, like, for the, I think um, there's the episode of Faulty Towers about the Germans. Like, that is. Oh, the one that Yeah. And then even with yeah. the Father Ted in over over here, like, there's one where I think it's it's an episode about, it's about the Chinese, there's like a Chinese, it's like this, you know, Father Ted, there's like, it's a small island off the coast of Ireland, but there's mm. a Chinese community on the island, even though there's like 100 people on the island. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, an episode that some people are trying to get a band off the telly because they think that they're taking the mick out of the Chinese community whereas in fact they don't realise that they're taking the mick out of racists and not okay. the Chinese community if you get what I mean um, yeah. but like it's it's as we were saying it's it's that less than that 0.5% that mm. that will voice their opinion and and yeah. I suppose in a controversial sense get things banned off telly when you know, if you if you don't like a joke, if you don't like watching something on telly, don't watch it, don't listen to it. We do, we do live in a culture at the moment where people are. It's like people. Some it's a very small minority of people, but yeah, they still enough where they they almost want to be offended. They want to find something to be offended by. Yeah, um, and it's like, come, guy, just read between the lines, man. Just, just like, just. Close your mouth, open your ears, and let it swirl around, yeah. and then come to a conclusion if you're offended or not. I think, like, it's, I've, I've had it actually been a comedian where I had jokes which it's, it's got a trigger word and it sets them off. And it's like, no, no, listen to what I'm saying, listen to the joke, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I, had, I had a joke uh, about um, a, because uh, you know, this whole thing about whether James Bond should be black with Idris Elba and stuff. Yeah, yeah. My joke was like uh, making James Bond Polish, right? Uh, and I, I, the joke I make, it's, it's not um, being xenophobic or having to go at Polish people. It, if anything, it compliments Polish people because they're known for being sh- uh, hard workers and having a strong work ethic, which yeah, are crazy yeah. people. Yeah. But because I'm a non-Polish person saying the word Polish, I've done that joke and I've had someone go, all right, racist. Why is it racist? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like discriminating or like putting down Polish people. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it happens a lot where you know people. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like they want to get offended with it. They're offended, but don't really know why. I can't explain why they just heard something which yeah. set them off. Like, As you said, uh, jump, jump to conclusions. Yeah, just like just listen, listen to the whole joke. Okay, play it back in your head. Work out what I'm saying, and then we'll talk. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose, like, to move on to, in terms of your own, uh, your own stand-up again, um, like he- um, hecklers, I think yeah. there can be some funny heckles, uh, and we will get onto that in a minute. But just to, I suppose, go on to the the side of, um, what's the word I'm trying to use? Can't even think of it in my own head now. Uh, just like abuse and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you ever? Is it common for? people to whether they come up to you after a gig come up to you in the street come up to you or, or shout it out from the audience is it common for hecklers to not not be funny but to be very rude and offensive like um it's not common but it, it has what's happened to me um, 
yeah, well, I guess, I mean, you get bell ends and alcohol is not a good mix. <laughs> yeah. Um, where the, 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 in their head, they think they've been funny, but into, mm. to the rest of everyone else in the room, they're like, no, you're, you're just an idiot, mate. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've had that. I've had a, I remember I did a gig, I think it was in a, in, in Norfolk, where I bet, okay, so it was around the time uh, when Barack Obama was, uh, he was running for president for the first time, for 2008? Yeah. Yeah, so now, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, um, I go on stage, right? Um, I, I was wearing a black t-shirt and the backdrop just happened to be black. Right? Okay. I walk on stage and before I say anything, someone trying to be funny just shouts out, can't see ya! It's like, oh, okay. So one of these gigs, is it? All right, man. Yeah. And then at the time, I, I used to have braids as well. Right. So, um, and then someone else has shouted out, Didier Drogba! Like, mate, I look nothing like him. You've just seen a tall black guy with fairly long hair and associated with the first big black guy with long hair that you thought of in your stupid head. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I remember uh, the, there was another comedian, a black comedian on after me, uh, and he was talking about Obama. And he said, like, yeah, we could have uh, the first uh, black president. And someone's going, oh, for fuck's sake, fuck off. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh man, listen, if, you, if you're going to heckle, at least just make it witty or funny, mate. Don't just like bring out your own dark thoughts in your head. Yeah. Um, it's been, like, I don't mind heckles, but if, if, listen, just make it funny, make it witty, something I can work with, right? Because yeah. then you, otherwise, you just look like an idiot and you're just going to, well, you're going to embarrass yourself and then the comedian will embarrass you even more. So just be careful. Definitely, yeah. Is there were there any ever any heckles that stand out in your mind as being as as kind of working into a joke? You know, you you threw something back at them or something, and then Ooh. made the audience go daft. Because like you'd see it all over, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, or whatever. Like there's just compilations of Jimmy Carr doing it to people the whole okay, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm quite fortunate. I I haven't had like a lot of heckles. Um, and if they are, then it's it's nothing like malicious. It's always something friendly. Yeah. You know, I, you know like, I remember, uh, I, I think one of the first gigs I did after I'd cut my hair. And uh, I walked out on stage and this old man just, uh, he just went, you look beautiful, young man. I just got everything I have. I don't have, I don't get malicious heckles. I'll just get friendly fire. Um, as you know, as you, I think the weirdest heckle I've had, uh, well, it said it wasn't a heckle, but it felt like a heckle. Um, someone vomited as soon as I walked on stage. Oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 brutal. Yeah, I walked Shit. on stage. And, well, she said she had a dodgy, uh, dodgy meal before coming to the gig. But either way, it just felt like she saw my face and just vomited. Was this backstage or someone sat in the seat? Or no, on I was on stage. She's in the audience. She's oh, in the third or fourth row. And I'm, maybe I think I, missed, I said my opening joke or an opening line, and heard, <laughs> and I thought maybe she's like you know laughing. I was like, all right, it's not that funny. Just I mean, if you think that was funny, this hour is going to be hilarious <laughs> for you. <laughs> and it turns out um, she bumped me because I saw people in the throes in front of her start getting up and stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I've just come on. The show's not finished yet. Yeah. Um, someone's thrown up, uh, and yeah, so that just stopped the show. Because this person had thrown up and kids had gone onto people's coats and oh, someone had it. Someone had it in their handbag. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's probably the, the most brutal heckle I've had. Someone vomiting at the sight of my face. Christ above. Is it is it the dream job? For me, yeah. Because most of the time, I don't have to wake up early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> lying. Now, you know what? It's, it is. It really is. Being in lockdown this has really made me... I mean, I appreciated it before, but I really appreciate it now. Yeah. The fact that, you know... Um, I basically, I travel around, not just the UK, the world now, you know, I get to do gigs overseas and I, I just kind of just tell jokes, you know, I chat shit, I, I make my life into like some sort of like in- interesting uh, story, <laughs> you know, chat breeze and I get paid for it I'm, I'm, and not, not only do I get paid for it, but I, I make a living out of it, you know, I pay my bills, you know, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it, it really is great, you know, to be able to just do that and have an impact on people's lives in a positive way you know yeah like i've done gigs where people are like come after me said you know i was having a really bad day but you really cheered me up thank you and yeah that's my job was like yes that's quality man you know to just you know, chat shit have a laugh and make people feel good and get paid for it exactly I mean, yeah I, I can't really complain about that i mean i, I, I did a gig yesterday uh last night via zoom and then I got a message um, from someone saying how they were having a really tough time given everything that's going on, but they needed that funny, that 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 laughter. I was like, yeah, laughter really is best medicine, man. Oh, 100%, yeah. So the lockdown has, lockdown, yeah, it's like the lockdown's been tough for everybody at some stage. Mm. It kind of hits everyone at some stage, like what in the name of God am I going to do for the rest of this month, whether it's for a month, two months, it could be three days left and you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to make this talk. But it has, it has been, I think everyone's found a bit of a benefit from it in some way. Like, like for me, starting up this podcast was, was the best thing that's come out of it, definitely. Um, and I wouldn't have got, like I've been able to talk to people like yourself, people like, uh, I, like I had Ned and Manu on last week. Okay, and cool. I was like, I had never thought that that would happen. It was just literally Instagram DMs. I'd say I spent about, sent about 300 DMs out to, Anyone. literally everybody and like you know some of them might get them a month later some of them mightn't get them at all um but it's yeah it's cool to be able to meet people and i think the lock yeah that's what the lockdown has done for me but in terms of for yourself mm. have it's given you has it given you time to try out new material or well like write new material think of things stuff like that uh yeah uh well i, I mean I'll, I'll write material anyway um yeah. but yes yeah, it's, it's given me more time to to, to do writing um i wrote i wrote a poem which i've turned into comedy material which i definitely wouldn't have done if i went in lockdown yeah um, i was in lockdown with my girlfriend and it inspired me to write a comedy poem which I've, I've been doing in my sets and it's been working so far uh so that's a good thing and then um like doing more stuff on social media which yeah. I, I definitely would not have the time for but mm. now i've got the time so I'm focusing on that. Um, I'm doing stuff on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook and stuff, you know, um, just uh, popping stuff on YouTube every now and again, you know, and like doing podcasts, you know, like doing yeah, podcasts exactly. now and other yeah. things, you know, it's, it's, it's showing me that even though I, I miss the comedy clubs and I, I love, I would never like want to turn my back on comedy club, but there, there are other outlets. Yeah. I've I down, I was thinking, well, how, how am I going to do it, man? How? But mm. obviously like, Social media has been a great platform, you know, to kind of get get bits out there and stuff, you know. I guess a, 
get, 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 you know, let people know that I'm I'm still around, you know, or people who haven't seen or heard me before. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's, it's definitely um given me a chance to do things that I wouldn't have done. Uh, yeah. If I weren't in lockdown. And your football quiz show, that's um mm. so that what what is that that's a weekly bit of a Yeah. That's yeah. But it, it was it was uh Monday, Thursday and Saturdays before football came back. But now yeah. that football's come back, uh, obviously people are busy watching football like myself. Yeah. So uh, every, every Sunday now at 9pm uh, on my Instagram live where I just do a, a football quiz, you know, like quick fire, trivia questions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how many correct answers can you get in 60 seconds? Um, and yeah, that's something else that before lockdown, I probably would, I would have wanted to do it, but I wouldn't have done it because I would have been too busy. Yeah. But, and I've got the time now. You know, and because I'm a big football fan, I know there are lots of other football fans who are like me who are sitting there just wanting something to do with football. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. let's, let's do this quiz, and yeah, it's 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 been, it's been going well, man. I get some proper football geeks who who you know, who are like me. They they love it. Every Sunday they're there, you know, and they're they're, they're ready, to, you know, to test their football knowledge. It's like this is cool, man. Exactly. Myself, my brother were actually going through them yesterday. My brothers, I'm 20. My brothers, 15. This year, and we were just going through uh, the because you have them up on the Instagram live. We were going through them yesterday, just competing with each other <laughs> to see who get the get the most answers right. And there, there's some tough ones in it now. Like there's some that if they're about your club, you're like, yeah, I know that one easy. But then, you know, there'll be yeah, ones yeah, that you're like, geez, yeah, I did well to get that. <laughs> I read ones there, man. Yeah, I read that in the matches of the day magazine ten years ago or something. <laughs> it just sticks, <laughs> sticks in your head. 